When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You probably wouldn't ever want to, I don't know, to fall in love with a boy like me, would you? No, Dominic, I don't think so, love. No, yeah, no. I, I was thinking, no. Not even in the future, like, like when I'm your age. Yeah, no. I didn't think so. Hi there, welcome to the No Film School podcast. This is Gigi Hawkins, and today we speak with Mikkel E.G. Nielsen. Nickel is an award-winning editor from Denmark whose work spans the worlds of feature films, TV, short film, commercial, and music video. Notably, he received a Critics' Choice Award, a BAFTA Award, and an Academy Award in editing for his work on Darius Martyr's critically acclaimed drama, Sound of Metal. Other feature credits include Beasts of No Nation and, more recently, The Banshees of Inishirin, written and directed by Martin McDonough. Mikkel is nominated for an Oscar, again, for editing this film. And so on today's podcast, we will be discussing how. Miguel approaches balancing comedy and drama within Banshee's outstanding script and cast, and why Miguel is a yes film school man, or all for protecting time to play and experiment and learn and stay curious. We'll unpack his journey from editing the music videos for the band Aqua to his Oscar win to a second Oscar nomination. So let's do this. Welcome, Nicole, to the No Film School podcast. We're so excited to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, can I start with an, a question? Please. Why is it called No Film School? Great question. As I understand it, Ryan Koo, our founder, didn't go to film school, or he went to film school, but he wasn't sort of learning the on-the-ground techniques. And so he started the website as by creating a handbook for cinematographers. And from that, it became just this resource and plethora of information for people who went to film school, for people who, like me, dropped out of film school, and people who never had a chance to go to film school. So it's sort of like, let's give access to everyone. Did you, did you go to film school? I did, yeah. And this is like a film school. I mean, film is a film school, so... So I was just curious why it's called No Film School. But it's something you remember, for sure. It's got a, It's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. Well, that actually is a perfect segue into where I'd love to start, which is with your background. Now, mm-hmm. I am familiar with your work. You've made me cry a bunch. Films like The Sound of Metal and Beasts of No Nation. You've also made me laugh and cry a little bit, Banshees of Inishirin. But also, you made me... You touched me in my childhood with your very, very beginnings editing the music videos for Aqua. So, which I'm not even kidding you. I, it was one of four CDs that I had. So when I saw that the other day doing research, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going there. So I'd love to hear, how did you get your start? And what was it like starting out in music and transitioning into narrative? I mean, coming from a small country, you basically need to do everything, right? Because you can't just live from doing one thing, or at least not when you start out. And you should try and get as much material through your body or through your hands as possible. Just to try and explore and try and, and work with it in so many different ways and how you can tell stories and how you can treat characters and how you can make thing there's a rhythm in everything and find the rhythm and everything and maybe find the offbeat in an edit and maybe 
find out why you make a decision and why you edit here and not here and what does this do compared to this and so so music videos for me was a very easy way to get into playing around with material and to try and tell stories also because with a track there's a start a middle and an end and you know that that's the thing so that's an easy start and then you can just be as playful as possible and often especially coming from a country like denmark it would be something you did for free which also allows you to have a little more creative freedom so you could really experiment and for me editing has somehow always been about experimenting and trying to see if there's new ways to do certain things and to treat material in different ways so i mean based on your start like an aqua video the avid came out it had a lot of wipes why not try and play around with the wipes so we mm -hmm. made barbie girl it has a lot of different wipes that's a way to learn the tools but also just a way to to try and see how can you tell a story this way or this way and and obviously no one is going to hire anyone for doing a feature film from the start which was my dream but also i knew that it was impossible unless i went to film school because mm -hmm. in denmark you needed that certificate you needed like that small thing telling you oh he went to film school or she went to film school therefore they can actually edit a feature film luckily that's not the case anymore Do you need that to the, like, in current day people as well? Like, definitely no. need that? Okay. No, no, no. Luckily, that's why, I mean, luckily now you can easily get into the industry and, and, and there's also a lot of directors who doesn't have to go to the film school. Mm -hmm. But for me, the film school was four years of pure fun. And, and, and the whole idea of having a place where you can practice and make all the errors and mistakes Mm -hmm. is so valuable but it's valuable for everyone it's valuable for the director for the dp for the producer the sound person the the editor that we are not supposed to show this to a broader audience yeah it's difficult to make all the mistakes and then to try something which is full of mistakes but then you know that people won't hire you the next time right. so for me that was just like a playground to get into Yeah, it's it, it's it's a space because I knew how to edit, but I didn't have the language for it, and mm -hmm. I didn't know. I knew how how I felt when I saw things, but I couldn't explain myself to you if you were my director. So then, getting into a film school for four years, and, and in Denmark it's four years, and you're only editing. So you're six editing students working every day with the same material, same six people, and you're watching each other's edits with the same material like a scene or montage or a show or uh, and it would often be existing footage from existing films so we would get like the director or an editor to come in and give you the raw material and then you would work on a sequence or a scene yeah. and i can assure you that's the best i mean it's something i really miss every day in the edit room because it's about why is something working so well in your version Because mm -hmm. you have such a sensibility and you see the material in this way. but And I see it differently because maybe I brought something in from my private life that I was angry or I was happy or whatever it is. And it's so much about the eyes that sees right. uh, and how you can treat that. And you're really good with sounds or with this nature sounds or anything. And you suddenly make it into something which is super interesting. And mine is much more naturalistic. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have the emotion, so it doesn't have the lyrical qualities or anything. So, so it's it's learning that that you can you should train to be able to look at the material in in different ways. And mm -hmm. I have to be a version of myself where the material will tell me. I have to have this cold perspective almost at them, and and then shape the material into. Yeah how it wants to be told and, 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 and also create the sequences. So it sounds like film school not only created this safe space where you could be experimenting and, and failing and 
getting the reps in over the course of four years to be able to gain that perspective that you need to as an editor to have that to be able to scrutinize like is this scene working one question that i have somebody recently brought up in a conversation to me they they said <laughs> i think this is ridiculous but they were like well what if a director just learned all the things that an editor could do then they could do it without an editor and i was like whoa 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 the editor is like essentially the third tentpole of this process because they bring that fresh perspective often they're not there on set being attached to shots that cost a lot of money they are there advocating to the audience and and i was trying to make an additional point of like and if you get footage and give it to one editor and get footage and the same footage and give it to another editor you can create a completely different story and narrative and feel so i'm curious when you're in those early the the phases of film school when you were working with other people with the same footage what were sort of the discoveries that you were making well the the best discovery is that 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 the same material can look in so many different variations and you can really treat material in a lot of ways which also then tells me that when i'm working and i call them challenges always mm -hmm. And I have a certain challenge in the scene, or we have, because it's a it's always a collaboration. But it's about uh, turning every stone in the material, uh, or at least knowing that the decision we are trying to do or, or, or tell in the scene is an active choice. It's something we know that it might create an issue for you, but it's something we it's an active decision. We are going to tell it this way. So, so, but I would actually argue against what you just said because I've seen a lot of really good films which were edited by us as well, and mm -hmm. I think some of some some films uh, can only be done that way. The way I watched Moon Age Daydream, mm -hmm. uh, the Bowie documentary, could only be done by Brett Morgan, right. in my opinion. He might have had a lot of help or stuff, but. That was his experience and his experiment to do this. And for me, that was an incredible experience in, in terms because, because it was so, I got so many ideas from it, mm -hmm. which is a little bit like when I started doing music videos, a way you can treat material in with a certain track and it takes you just on a journey and then you can change the rhythm or you can change it. It, it just became watching that documentary. It became really exciting again to go back and, and feel your own material and stuff. And, and there's a lot of really good people who can edit their own movies, but of course we are a certain, it's almost, almost like rewriting the script again, but then mm -hmm. suddenly with the, all the elements of filmmaking, and then we all, we kind of paint it together with the directors, right? And and we find that balance, and we find and sometimes you all even start protecting certain things from either producers or directors. That that actually brings me to a question that I have specifically about the Banshees of Inisherin. So I I heard in a previous interview that Martin McDonough let you have the first pass. He was like. Nickel, you you create this narrative and let's go from there. So that leads me to a question with from an editor that I frequently work with. Her name's Christina O'Sullivan. And she was wondering what surprised you or what changed for you when you received the footage versus reading the script? And what were the main things that changed from your first cut to picture lock? Everything. So the idea of sitting alone and doing that first pass is kind of a way to get into the material and to understand the material, but also just to get organized. Mm -hmm. And the more organized I am, the better a version I can be in the room together with on Banshees Martin or any director, because I work the same way always. I really like sitting alone with the material and do a first pass on everything because then I have the material organized in a way so I can easily play around with it when they come into the room. Mm -hmm. But it's also just a way to, to, to feel how the characters work, the DP works with the camera, how the director talks to the actors, how the set, uh, sets are, how they block a scene. Um, 
little by little you 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 learn things and i actually don't edit for uh, at least two or three weeks i only select and look through the material and then suddenly it i think it reveals itself how at least it wants to be put together in the first pass mm -hmm. which is probably often very classic the way yeah. i do it uh, and then more and more the more scenes and the more material you've been through your life you get a better and faster way of trying to put a dialogue scene together for example mm -hmm. uh, and find a rhythm in dialogue because that's and especially dialogue with martin's script because that's almost like a piece of music and has so many beats and has so much rhythm into it so that was really playful to play around with but mm -hmm. i also know what kind of director he is so ob obviously on a first pass you never never touch anything from the script you always show the intention mm. of what was written down and what they shot and then when when i get in and i can show it i can also play around with sounds or music and he actually on this project he sent me some some tracks that he he felt this was a track that i wanted to try for the opening yeah in this way and these things and 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 of course you have to honor these things and you have to show it, 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 it's a collaboration i'm not an i'm not someone who who should treat material in a completely different way and to be honest that's my whole approach in the edit process mm -hmm. my my approach is to try and stay as objective and open until as late as possible in the whole uh, process is that just your mindset are you just a very evolved emotionally intelligent person who can put things into perspective or do you find like ego creeping in where I you have to be like oh let me let go of this i definitely don't have an ego i think i absolutely love that that it's a collaboration and i even don't have problems with other people coming and trying things i like uh, on sound of metal darius the director used to be an editor he wanted to play around and i see that that's for me like a gift yeah i mean I know that his eyes might see something that I never saw. And what if he came back with a sequence, which is absolutely amazing? I mean, I can learn from it and the film can benefit from it. And it's all about a learning process. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. that's the selfish. I mean, that's the selfish way, right? We have to learn every day and we have to learn something and especially fill that toolbox that we're carrying around with the. <laughs> which honestly, I think to let go of that and to find that collaboration and and be able to problem solve and puzzle solve together or hey let me drive for on this edit and let me see if i can feel this out and then bring it back to you like that that off honors the the story that you're telling and i think that like it be to keep that in mind which is something to bring it back to sort of the film school the the negative of film school when you don't have a safe place that's protected and allows you to play if you're putting it's in this goes to also emerging filmmakers if you're just getting started but you're putting all of your eggs in this one basket and not letting yourself fail forward or try something or experiment with something it's easy to hang on to something that you think it is but really sometimes it's the letting it go and letting it breathe and letting it take the time to unfold especially if you're working through a story problem that's not working so but at least ex but at least explore with the material what is actually possible and there's mm -hmm. so many things that are possible with so little material and you can color it in so many different ways with sound and music and how to start a scene and how to end a scene the balance within the scene the status within the characters the whole idea of only going on character character if it, it like it, 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 all stories are characters you have to have your character, otherwise it just becomes surface and it, it's nothing, yeah. uh, which is fine for some, sometimes for a music video or for a commercial or something. But, but if you really want to feel anything, you need your characters. You need to invest and, and, and protect and love and, and, and treat your characters as in fiction, like human beings. And in documentary, you also have to protect them. To, so, so you're telling the version of what they're actually trying to say because it's so easy for us to manipulate with yeah. what we're actually working with. And it's so easy to, to make someone say something that they didn't necessarily mean, but it's, it, it, it's for the better, for, for the whole sake of the film 
which is sometimes a, a problem I see. But then, which is why I really like working in fiction, because because it's okay to treat a character, it's okay to change a mood, it's okay to change something that was intended to be a happy scene suddenly it becomes sad because you put it up or you change the order or you play with the structure and I, I love doing that and and by me not having an opinion until as late as possible doesn't necessarily mean that i don't know or don't have ideas of what we could do mm-hmm. but i really want to honor also the collaboration with the director or the producer or whoever it is to try at least try all the things with them and for them. And then at certain points, you start saying, well, what would happen if we just took that word out? What would happen if we ended the scene on him or her? Mm-hmm. What change, wh- how, how, this would be fun. What if we change the balance of the, sta- the status within the scene? Here yeah. he comes in here. So it becomes like a battle. And on Banshees, there was tons of these because it's such a well written script with amazing performances so it's more about trying to balance all of them and say well you have a main character but you also have all the other characters and you want all of them to shine so so it's about finding that finding that rhythm and the balance of a film the balance and rhythm of the characters in banshees is so i studied theater in ireland and i was like man, this is an Irish story. And it's so driven by characters confined by space. And and I'm hearing that you're collaborating with the directors or with the director, but also you're collaborating with the characters in these moments and like honoring their, their space within this scene, which like, it does feel like a rhythmic thing in this. And it, and it feels like it comes full circle, especially given how, the performances unfold in in such effective ways from a directing standpoint and from the writing standpoint. Mm. I I am curious to hear an example specifically from the Banshees of Inishirin about cracking a scene or making a scene work that wasn't working, that felt off balance and, and how you worked through that and what the end result was. I wouldn't say we we never had thing that didn't work, but it's more about finding the balance. Martin is very generous and re- has a very rich material. So he also has options for some of the scenes. And there was like a key thing for this film would be that you, for me at least, and it's not necessarily something that we discussed in the edit room, but it's more of a feeling. And it's more to try and find these dogmas, the rules for yourself, and then to try and play with that as a, as a whole. Almost like, first of all, you try and find a circle. And for Banshees, it would be, what if this is almost like a fable of something, a story told for you at bed, bedtime by your parents, almost like a, and once upon a time. So you go in through the sky and you find this place, but you also exit it. That's a circle for me. And already there, I'm really like, okay, now we just have to fill in whatever is in the middle because this makes complete sense to me. On Sound of Metal, we did the exact same thing. We found the circle of Ruben sitting on his drums and sitting on a bench. The exact same image, but two completely different. One, he's eager to start, and the other one, he's in complete silence and has accepted a lot of things. So it's about trying to search for these things, and that often comes in from... That's what you do on documentaries, and you can keep on searching and searching and searching, uh, and and sometimes you never find it because you never found that start and you never found that ending. Right, right. And then you find the balance in between. In in Banshees, there was a key which is what if, what if Siobhan is the heart of the film? Therefore, you can start playing with the comedy and drama up to the point where Siobhan leaves, and then it becomes a tragic, yeah, a tragedy. And then maybe you treat the scenes with less of the humor and more of the, the real characters that you already develop. And it's also about allowing you, which is, I've never tried to, to, to work with comedy and drama before. I was very intrigued, but I also didn't know if I could actually do it, which is why I was very aware of Martin's work and I really liked the script when I read it. But I was also like, okay, I, I can really learn something from this experience, how to balance these things. 
But I can also, I know of myself that if I'm uh, engaged, I can also bring something. And these things are little by little finding that balance into it. Yeah. So, uh, so a learning process would be then, then when Siobhan leaves, it's not that funny. You don't have these small elements because it's, it becomes much more tragic. Yeah. And we also start coloring the character into something that he really didn't want to be. Like with anger and the sadness. It's a very, very sad film in that sense, but it's also very beautiful. And then, and then uh, Martin's scripts often have the possibility to play with these things. But little by little, we, we peeled these onions of scenes and, and, and then you find the truthness in it and you find that balance of suddenly uh, Dominic where it just stands alone when he's saying, well, there goes that dream together with Siobhan up to that point. Oh, my heart. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you, you do that because that's, that's about, that's the travel of a character. That's where mm -hmm. you start to, if you can hit that moment, and what if we could hit that moment with all the different characters? When Siobhan is on the boat, you see her waving at her brother. It's almost the same feeling. And, and the same goes for the ending when you have these two characters. How much has to be said and how much we had the possibilities of, of talking and saying much more in it. But it, it, it was like a learning process of less is more often. And it's so powerful when it's not said. It, I, in, upon rewatching the film, I misremembered the scene where Dominic and Siobhan are talking and he's asked, he says, well, there goes that dream. Mm -hmm. It felt so much longer in my memory because I was mm. like, and then he's just rambling and coming up and, and then watching, I was like, it's so clear and it's so specific and every line is building mm. and mm. it is so full. And I think that's why I remembered it as so full, but I was like, but it's, it's just so poignant. It's so powerful. Oh, I love that scene. And that, 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 that is really what Martin is really, really good at because he's really, really good at creating the characters and make them believable. And then also the structure up to that point, because we didn't really play with structure in this film and we didn't take out a lot. We did, we took out some, but that's more side things where you can color a character or if you need a little more backstory of the characters but these i mean that's that's often something you need in a film but these were much more clear or the way you you, you meet them and the way you treat them so so it was really less is more often with this material when revisiting the sound of metal i and and w through the lens of thinking of the edit, I thought if I were Martin McDonough, thinking of who would I bring onto this, watching Sound of Metal, and watching someone edit together a story that so successfully drives characters in scenes where one person is not hearing the other person. Very different movies, but I. I I can see how the translation would totally make sense to me as a director. So I'm curious, how did you go about getting the job working on the Banshees of Inishirin? How did you start the relationship with Martin McDonough and, and what was building that collaboration like in the beginning? So it started on a sad note because Martin has been working for a long time and was supposed to work with John Gregory, mm -hmm. who passed away, I believe, shortly before they started shooting so so obviously i was not supposed to edit this film at all but i was invited in when that happened and that's obviously a, a very delicate situation but but i also actually i knew of martin's work obviously but and i read the script and i really liked it but my whole backstory is also that I actually studied a lot of John Gregory's work when I was in film school and before film school, because he had a very, very fine sensibility to how he treated characters. And I remember being much younger. And before I started on film school, I was at a place called European Film College, which is in Denmark. And that's an eight months course that anyone can attend. Half of the students are Danish, half of them are from the rest of the world. And you live there and you study 
anything related to film. So that can be like script writing or sound or music or editing or DP or directing or acting or whatever it is. It's more to try and find and see maybe this is something for me. And I just remember watching Naked at that time. And 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 suddenly I saw something new. Mm-hmm. How that character was. And obviously it's also it's a lot to do with the director and the actor and stuff like that. But I was interested in how it was put together and how it was treated with the utmost respect with this character. And it was, for me, I felt I watched the documentary and I was really intrigued by that. So at film school, we did the same and you have, and for four years, you have a lot of time to, to watch a lot of stuff and show each other, the students show each other scenes and films. And I was very aware of, John's work and so I felt honored to be invited in but I also wanted to honor him mm-hmm. in a certain way at least I really didn't want it to be that it was in the edit that everything fucked up so so um no I had I I really had that with me all the way yeah. through it's a um, heavy thing to carry well it, it wasn't it wasn't in the sense of being heavy it was more about just being aware that that bringing this into it and it actually became a very beautiful collaboration i really enjoyed it with martin he was very generous but also my assistant nicola who used to work with john and who lost a friend so this whole process friend and a mentor of course we worked together so i really cherish it and 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 it was it was a special project to do and the film's dedicated to him so it's such a yes yes which is a beautiful gesture from martin yeah. Now, I, I do want to shift into speaking a little bit more about The Sound of Metal, which you won the Academy Award for, which you unfortunately were not able to be there in person because we were I hit was with a- there in person. <laughs> I was there in person. In the train station, right? Yes. Are you I mean guess not, not like a traditional. <laughs> traditional. No. So, no. so what is it like now going through this sort of post-pandemic time being nominated again i don't know because it's for me it's not really real in a sense that that it's something and i don't know why that is but but there's something that 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 um, i'm very very honored obviously i'm really glad and i'm very uh, happy about it and honored that that someone sees that work that i put into it and it's by editors that that Mm -hmm. look at your work and my work which is I'm very happy because because the whole idea for this film and even for Sound of Metal has never been, the intention has never been to try and make people aware of the editing at all. It's almost the opposite. And I actually think that's one of our biggest goals as editor is to try and serve the story and, and to the characters. And, and then I could probably, I mean, I, did that on music i have done tons of music videos where it's much more showy and these things but but where i am in life right now and where where i the 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 journey where that has taken me with the the films that i've been working on has been a little bit more of trying to step back and 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 try and find characters work with the amazing actors a script directors that can really inspire me and that I can learn from. That has been the goal, but but get, get, getting the recognition obviously is something I've never dreamt about, thought was possible. And and that partly has to do with coming from a small country, probably, because mm-hmm. it wasn't really reality. But, but that said, I'm, <laughs> I was super surprised and happy to win the award, of course, and especially doing it with together with the sound team who also won the award because it yes. was a very special collaboration we had and it was a really beautiful way to end very very interesting and beautiful collaboration that, that brings us to a, another listener question specifically about the sound of metal and this is from christian moldez who is an editor and a screenwriter and a director and an actor who's very talented and uh he wanted to know when you were working on that film, 
How much was the sound mix in consideration for cutting? And as an editor, what in the early stages of cutting was involved, essentially? What was that collaboration across the sound team? So there's two stages to that. One is that I was intrigued that you start working with sound as a storytelling tool, meaning that you can hold back information and the whole idea of internal, external. Obviously, we did and they did tests and I knew how much they put into those tests, but really that was not so ne- so important for me in the editorial process because it's easy to feel and see if something works or doesn't work just by cutting off the sound or putting like a test tone a little higher so it, so it almost uh, sounds like a tinnitus sound. These things. Mm-hmm. It was more about finding the balance and and if you can and the simplicity because that's all to do we have a tendency in editing especially to make things complicated but it's the the simpler you can create things the more real and powerful it feels mm-hmm. and it's it's about trying to find that simplicity for banshees within the complex because it's a very complex story but it's also a very simple premise and therefore you can add and add and add on to it but that's uh, that's also why you can maybe invest a little bit of yourself because you actually go with a very happy guy up to a point where he suddenly is just baffled that why is this guy not coming out to me and you see the exact same thing you ask the exact same question as your main character asks. Therefore, you invest a little bit with your main character, which is an, a, a really interesting start script-wise uh, and, yeah. and a really good, uh, great thing from Martin. Uh, but then in, in Sound of Metal, it's, it's the same, but that's where we then, Harris um, had these ideas of um, his approach or his idea was, well, what if we as hearing people are seeing a film as a minority? And, and and a minority see everything as a whole. That was such a beautiful thing. And I was like, absolutely, let's go. And he had spent so many years on this whole project. But then trying to use images and sound almost like a visual language, as a new, create a new language and like awaking all your senses, hearing, seeing, and then play with that. See something, see it again, it's different. You react to it. You you create a, a a language with you know you have often they shoot a block a scene and wides and mediums and close ups. What if the close ups are the internal and what if the wides are the external? Then you play around with it and then you find out mm, oh, oh actually that worked. But what first you would play around with what if the medium is the internal? No, that doesn't work. Okay. What if it's the close-up there? That, that's even better. But then when you cut to the medium, how does that work? Then, hmm, that's not as interesting as going from a very wide to very close-up. And that's where you have these changes. So little by little, you try. It, it's just a game. It's basically just have a lot of yellow and red and blue Lego stuff. And then you start building a house. And then you're like, hmm, that's a nice house. Let's try it again. And then you play it around with this one. Then you say, okay, this works for a scene like this because there's only one person who talks to the other one. What if this is a seven-minute long dialogue scene and and our main character is listening to two people having a dialogue where he can't hear anything, but we go in and out of that dialogue scene. How does that work? And then you find out "Mm, that's actually really, really difficult because how much should he know? We don't want... Suddenly you find out little by little that hey, what about if we as the audience know exactly as much as our main character? Meaning we never know more than he does. Meaning if that, ha- if, if, if that's, if that works, then you probably invest a little bit more in your main character because mm-hmm. you're always, you're never ahead of him. You're always with your main character. And right. you're probably even as frustrated about the whole situation as he might be. But that's that's a learning process over and over and over again. Because then you've done a pass on a film which is like this. 
And then you watch it and then you say, hmm, that's an interesting film. Let's watch it again without sound. And then you watch it again without sound. And then you're like, hmm, actually, I understand a lot. So maybe I don't need to tell that much. So this information you don't need, but this we definitely need because otherwise we don't understand who that is or who. And then little by it's a learning process of how to understand a story and how much we need to understand as as an audience. Yeah. The way you talk about story and the questions you ask about character and story, you sound like a writer. I mean, I have to ask. Do you ever write outside of writing a story by editing it together? Well, I do, but it's just not in writing with hands. It's more with writing with the with the with the stories in in the edit room, and it's playful, and that is what we do. It's interesting to meet and work with people who you often have it also with a DP. You have a you you sometimes you feel and sense a DP has a language. And it's a storyteller. He's telling stories with his images. That's the exact same thing. You don't have to write those scenes to have that feeling. They don't have to say all the words to have that feeling. And then you have, so, so little by little, a director often find these people who can translate what it is. And then you find out that maybe we don't need that word. Or maybe we challenge that word. Just that one word can change the whole scene. Because mm -hmm. it's a no, and that changes the whole scene. <laughs> but what if we took it out? Because then it's not a no. Then it's certainly an open scene. And that's where our our finest as editors is to 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 try and be as open as possible for as long as possible, and then to to also challenge the things, even though you know that it. As long as you know that you've turned every stone in in with this material, at least you've tried it. Therefore, you know that this can be treated in, in this direction, this direction, this direction, this direction. And then it's about finding that balance of what is right or wrong. Right. With, of course, with the uh, director. It's always the, the director's film. This never becomes my baby. The film is not my baby. I'm helping someone. And I always see it like that. I know that some editors almost become protected because now you can't touch it. But oh, of course you can touch it. It's, it's not my film. I'm helping someone to try and make the best possible version of their intention. You're a, you're a story doula. Yeah, but that's, that's also what the, what the actors do, right? Because they're adding. And then sometimes they're adding something that a director didn't even know what's possible. Yeah. And then the, suddenly it the becomes metaphor yeah. because it does, it's like, it is true layer upon layer upon layer, peeling back, adding it back on. And, and that requires exactly what you're saying, the openness and the curiosity and the flexibility and the willingness to explore and play. Now, this is our last question for today. And this is about emerging filmmakers, people who are just getting their getting their feet wet. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to work in this space and tell the stories that you tell? I mean, the issue is that there's so many possibilities right now and everyone has a laptop and you can, e you can easily get access to a lot of material and you can take it down. So it's just about starting and trying things. And I can give you one example. I went from from non-linear to linear to when the com computer came. So just mm -hmm. to learn the program, I had this pendulum. Six seconds of a black background with a pendulum flying around. And then I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, there were six seconds. How can I edit a whole music video with this pendulum? And then I found a music track which had a lot of different elements in the music. And I believe it was a track from a band in the 90s called Deep Forest or something. It just had a lot of different elements in the music. But that was actually my goal because then I took this pendulum and then I said, okay, what if this frame where the pendulum is up here in the frame, upper right or left corner, what if that's the snare drum? What if 
this one, this frame in here is the hi-hat. What if this is the bass? And what if this, and what if I edit all the frames to, so it always follows the bass when it's here? And what if the other one, then suddenly you find out with the edits, how powerful that is with music, because then you, first you find out, oh, that's amazing. That's so many edits I can do. And it, it looks amazing because now it just follows the, the whole track and I can hear mm -hmm. everything. But then you get a little bit like bold and then you're like, oh, what if I now take away the snare drum suddenly? And then you see it and you miss it, but you stop listening to it because now you only hear all the other elements in the music. And it's basically the whole idea of editing. It's the same thing we do with characters. What if I take away this information? What mm -hmm. happens now? Then you engage your, your audience. It, it's almost like you're playing with the music, but visually, your eye can suddenly not, your eye is depending on, or the music, suddenly you hear a thing that you didn't really hear in the track, suddenly you only hear that thing because it's also a visual thing that comes up with you. Yeah. And that's the best way to train yourself because you find out how much rhythm there is in things and you also play around with the visuals and then little by little you find maybe even material where there's dialogue and then you look at ah look at this here they're looking at him and he's talking and now it, it always cuts when they're talking hmm. okay, that's that's interesting but it's also a little bit boring always to be on the one who talks what happens if we just stay on this guy and then now he listens to the other one talk, talking? And then you're like, hmm, that's interesting because both I hear what he's saying, but I also see the reaction to what he's doing and how he, he takes that in. And that's then suddenly you find out what dialogue can be or how you can play with the dialogue in the scene. And then you maybe even just like find a lot of skateboard videos on YouTube. And then you put that together to another track and you say, what if we take all these on the ramp and they fly around in this section where it's the chorus, but then let's have them on the street in the, in the, in the opening. And then we have them something. Then you start playing around with story and storytelling in it. And I think that's, that's how most of us start and play around with it and you probably did the same i've definitely had my fair share of playing around and that has saved projects you know it is so important these are just for yourself and it's okay to make it's actually about making mistakes because most of the times it's within the mistakes that you find the keys to something which is suddenly opening up to a whole new world and you would never do it which is also why new filmmakers have to open up the material and don't be so locked even though you shot it like this a, a new director would often like no it has to be this because i've worked on the script for so long and it has to be this way mm -hmm. and it's like say okay it is this way now why don't we put that aside and we play around with it what would happen if the scene came after the other one well that's not good ah no but what would happen if we then move shuffle all of them around hmm, that's a bad story yes but what would happen then if we only took this one up and there and then suddenly you find out that there's so many possibilities in the material and there's just one thing which suddenly it's like whoa that was interesting and then you're like yes so what if we go back to the original way you had the script but we actually do this small thing and then you're like, that's really interesting. It became much more interesting. That really, suddenly I see something which I didn't know how to ex express or I didn't know how to, I just, I felt there was something missing, but now it feels as a whole. And then you're like, yeah, but it's only because you made all the, you walk yeah, down the other the small train. road. Yeah, because you were playing around with it and you are mm -hmm. open to seeing what happens if we do these things. Because it's not so, it's not so dangerous. It, you can yeah. always go back, to, especially now. You can go back to the things, or and at, and at least also trust in the people you work with that they might even also have opinions and stuff. It's a, we're not just a pair of hands, right? Doing editing right. or doing sound, you might actually also have an idea or an, an opinion. And sometimes 
amazing things comes out of these things. And the best collaborators, of course, they, they allow you to do what you're good at and bring something to the table. And if I feel that someone respects me and, and, and is interested in me bringing something, then I'll be like, hmm, I might actually come to work an hour before because I have this idea that I want to play around with. I then you that. invest a little bit more of yourself. The beauty about when I got Oscar nominated the first time, they invited me into these. I was invited into ACE, for example, which is, has been a long time dream for me coming from Denmark because I've seen all these American films with this ACE after. So that was like a dream. Maybe I can one day, if I'm lucky or good enough, I can put that after my. But then, but what, what's beautiful is that you, you can then talk to some fellow editors and, and a lot of them are still active and they're also older than me and some of them even very much like a lot older than me but what's interesting is that they're all curious they're all really curious about hmm, how did they do this Miguel? how did you how did you find out about playing around with on on for example sound of metal like internal external sound how did you find the language about that and if you stay positive open and curious then you're just so far ahead. And that's what we have to be in that edit room. And mm -hmm. honestly, if a director to me comes in and say like, that was the most shitty shoot I've ever had and nothing worked, I'll always be like, of course we can make something work out of this because we can basically do everything with the material. And we can, we can really do a lot with the material, even though it, it didn't necessarily go the way they wanted to the intention but then we can maybe do something which is like 90 percent or 80 percent or maybe sometimes we can even make it 120 percent because suddenly we can reveal something that didn't even know existed in the material i love that well we're, we're we're protecting our curiosity and and creating space to experiment and and fail and try things and I, I, I do hope that you can join us again next time that you're nominated on the next film. <laughs> well, we don't know because we don't know if that's ever going to happen because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love to, but, but I'll try. I'll try my best at least. Thank you. That's Thank the best you. I can do. Now we know your motivation is to come back onto the podcast. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Mikhail. I I am so appreciative. And also I know our listeners will be. Where can people follow your work outside of on your films? Is there anywhere on social media or or do we just have to follow you on IMDB? Do I have so I, I do have social media, I think. I have an insta insta Instagram. Yes, that's the one. I have Instagram. Okay. Where can is it is it your what is your Instagram? It's very difficult. It's Mikkel EG. Uh -huh. Oh, okay, okay. Very, I got it. Yeah. I don't really use it. Well, I use it looking at stuff, following interesting people. Um, you can go to Mikkel's Instagram and see who he follows and follow them to follow interesting people, which is actually a great way to use Instagram. Uh, well, thank you so much. <laughs>